You're listening to episode 30 of the 2v1 podcast. It's June 28th, 2015, and you can find us on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher by searching 2v1 podcast. Plugging in. Plugging my penis into the laptop. <laughs> okay. We are That'll good. help. That'll help with quality. Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay, so you were wrapping something up with games this morning, and you said yeah. you would tell me about it. Oh, you know, first of all, real quick, we might as well um, get this out. Josh will not be joining us this week because he is moving to Denver, and he's awful busy right now. But we, mm-hmm. we should probably be back onto a normal schedule next week. And I think last week we mentioned we'd have a guest this week, which is also not happening due to technical <laughs> difficulties. So it's just Nick and I today for the, the first 2v0 podcast. Yes. And so. and maybe next week it, it will be the four. Yes, the four, exactly. Four Regardless, we do we'll have see. a guest coming soon. And we're going to be back onto a normal schedule soon, I would say, within a week or two. Yeah. So anyhow, this morning. Anyhow, so uh, I decided to start Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. I was just about to do that, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah, so I I got it on the Steam sale for like $5, and I figured that was worth it just because I know it's really short, and I don't care. Like, that doesn't matter to me. I wanted to just check it out. Same. It's not gonna be. It's not going to be in a bundle, even though I wish it would be when Phantom Pain comes out. Yeah, that probably won't happen for some time. Um, first thing, I was totally worried this was not going to run on my computer <laughs> because, for whatever reason, I just had it in my head like, oh, this is a way more recent game, and I won't be able to play it. However, it came out well over a year ago, or some, or maybe not a year ago. Half a year ago, I'll I'll fact check why you it continue. came out. It came out like really close to the launch of PS4 and Xbox One because I remember Josh played it. I agree with that. immediately. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this might not run really great on my computer. However, I've been playing new games on my PC, like Witcher. Then Witcher been, looks great. No, it runs great, and it's brand new. So Ground Zeroes runs amazing on my computer. Um, which I was totally surprised by. It runs at 60 frames, and it That's looks wonderful. incredible. So I'm definitely getting Phantom Pain on PC. That's awesome. Uh, March, by the way, March 18th of last year. So it's been out okay. for over a year. Okay, so yeah, over a year. Cool. Yep. So yeah, I, I for, just kept had that in my head, and now I'm really excited that there is yet another game I don't need to get on Xbox. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome for sure. <laughs> um, So I'm really looking forward to that now after playing this. Because this is totally different to standard Metal Gear. Yes. It Ground Zeroes is just a little map. It's it's one map, one open map, and that's it. It's the whole game. And the first thing you do is your mission is to extract these two people. And that is literally all you have to do. As soon as you do that, it's over. <laughs> okay. And I did it in an hour, and that was it. I'm so glad that it's going to be a nothing time investment for me. Yes, and that's if you choose to do that. There, mm-hmm. so, so once I beat it, it unlocks other stuff to do. It unlocks, like, uh, just, I guess, kind of think of it like VR missions in the other games. Okay, that's cool. Where it just, it 
recycles the map and it sets up different scenarios that you have to do with specific requirements. Okay. So I'm probably going to check those out because it's really fun to play. That is really good to hear. I, I yeah. wanted to ask, in regard to the actual gameplay, I've, I've never had complaints about Metal Gear gameplay. There's nothing wrong with it. But sometimes the controls feel a little wonky to me, especially when totally. you, you got to pull out the gun and like switch to first person and you're like holding the fire button and then you release the fire. It's just odd yeah. sometimes. It's, it is much more like modern over-the-shoulder third-person shooters. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it still has... I mean, one of, the, one of the weirdest, most awkward things in all of the games, I, for me, was movement with Snake. Yes. Like, you could... Getting, getting used to the crouching and holding to, like, crawl yep, and... Yep. and and all that stuff is weird. Yeah. Like I'd and, be I'd be getting around in Snake Eater and like I'm crouching and I forget that I have to hit A to get up again and I would just Yeah. Nick countless times. I'm crouching and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then I just plop forward and go prone. And I'm like, damn it. I just okay. did it so many times. Okay, so then I forgot that's how it originally worked. Now you have to hold the crouch button down to actually start crawling. So if you happen to just start walking, you walk in a prone position, which is really nice. Okay. So you're basically, there's your standard walking. There's, if you hit the crouch button once, you're in a prone position. Not prone. Crouching. You're in a crouched position. And you can run around crouched. Oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, it's awesome. And it, it feels really good. And he moves quick still. Okay, that, they needed that. Yes, because definitely. like there was always it took me halfway through Snake Eater to even realize that if you use the D-pad, you do a very slow hunched walk. Yeah, but I was always like, why is there not a medium speed crouch run? Like, that's what I would do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it's it's funny thinking back on all of the other games where they didn't have that. Yeah. And and now it just felt so natural, like. Like, I was even thinking, I was like, oh, you could always do this in these games, and you totally couldn't. Yeah, okay, that's wonderful. That's so really nice. it's feature. really nice, and it actually, like, works uh, better with how they set up the level, because there's a lot more mid, mid-height mid things to hide behind. Yeah, you're still totally hidden, um, and him being Snake, I'm sure he'll be quiet, so. Yeah, and and there's, like, grass and stuff, too, yeah. that you can hide in. Awesome. Now. Like, it's kind of like Assassin's Creed. Okay, cool. Um. So, yeah, it... it it just overall plays a lot better, and the shooting feels good, and it's it's just like quick and snappy, instead of I don't know I like instead of being clunky like the other ones. This yeah. one does not feel clunky at all. Well, that's amazing, um, and maybe I'll even because I, I still want to play Guns of the Patriots first, obviously mm-hmm. before playing the new one. So maybe I'll do Guns of the Patriots, and then like right since this is such a small time investment, maybe I'll play this right before Phantom Pain comes out. So it sort of gets me used to the new gameplay and whatnot. Yeah, I was gonna say if you play Ground Zeroes and then go back to Guns of the Patriots, it'll feel weird. I'm, yeah, feel I'm not weird. doing that. No way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even even though you wouldn't even really have a ton of time to get used to Ground Zeroes, yeah. unless <laughs> unless you do the other stuff. Yep. But yeah, if you did, if you did the straight playthrough of what you're doing or what your mission is, then it's 
my total time was 59 minutes, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it it definitely is. It, I mean, because I, you know, I even got it on sale, and we talked about this several weeks ago, but I still paid like 15 bucks for it, which is high, but I just wanted... I needed to buy something to hit a price threshold on Best Buy or something like that. And I did want a physical copy of it since I'll have Phantom Pain. And I was like, whatever, it's not a big deal. But yeah, yeah that's that, not a lot of content. But at least you get the, the extra uh, stuff. Yeah, that is the one thing that I am still in a transition of getting used to is not having the physical copies because I have all of the other Metal Gears. Yeah. But now I'm not going to have these ones. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm in the same thing, and I was just talking to Yaley the other day about video game OCD and the things I'm trying to just get over and work past and things like that, and one of my mm-hmm. issues is still the idea of collecting games and like physically, and I'm trying to... I, I've been really good about it this generation so far. I mean, I get rid of almost everything, Yeah. but if, for example... I would, you know what? I would love if we could, if you, if we could talk through this, Nick. Okay. <laughs> I, I need to figure out: do I keep Alien or not? Oh, I, I meant I did to tell it, you, which we'll get. Yeah, to. I meant to tell you last night, and I think I can succinctly answer this for you. Mm. You're doubting it. Get rid of it. Uh, you're you're so right. You're so right about that. Because I know when I want to keep something immediately. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And then as soon as you're like, eh, do I need to have this around, you don't. Yeah, you're right. Like, for example, there are two, something I, for for example, that has no doubt, Dead Rising. Because yeah. I need to have that in case Brozich and I are like, all right, let's do shots and play Dead Rising. I need <laughs> to have that around. Yeah. So there's no doubt there. But uh, two games that I have that I know that. In all likelihood, I might not ever play again, and that is Resident Evil Two Revelations, or Re- Resident Evil Revelations Two, sorry, and Alien Isolation. Chances are, I will never touch those again. But it's like, okay, why well, have the first Revelations? And and <laughs> as far as Alien goes, I just love everything Alien, and it's like, do I want this because it's Alien? And yeah, crap. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's that's just how I would do it. Yeah, if, and I mean, if, there's, I know it's not worth a whole lot anymore, but just the idea of getting rid of it sounds good. But onto the actual game, to this, this is why I'm having trouble with it. I loved Alien. Mm-hmm. I seriously loved the game, and it's so hard for me. And we were also talking about whether you should play it or not, because for our listeners, Nick and I just were as big a fan of you of, as you can get of the Alien franchise, and especially, of course, the first movie. And basically, the game is basically playing the first movie. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And it's just like I I I was all, and I was talking to you about this yesterday, Nick. I finished the game, and I'm I'm looking back on it as critically as I can. It should not have kept me interested the entire game. The game, for what it offers, is too long. And it's really crazy that I'm complaining about a game being too long. Because that's right. very that's seldom a bad thing. But for what it offers, I can't I cannot believe that it kept my interest the whole time. But it did. But it was just like it might have been from different factors, because I started playing it alone by myself, and that was cool. 
And then I was playing a lot more and Amber was around and she was really, and we, it was sort of like a thing where we played together and I loved yeah. seeing her get all stressed out about it. And then I started like the third stage of the game for me was streaming for Tommy and Yaley and they were both really into watching me play it. So that was cool too. But still, I mean, the gameplay didn't change, but there were just enough tweaks that I, that they would inject uh, far enough into the game where it still fresh things were happening. As I explained, getting the flamethrower changed everything. And that's halfway through the game when you get it. So yeah. things like that, um, it, it, it consistently delivered scares all the way throughout the game. I, I mean, I was screaming up until the last level. He, The alien continued to scare me, and I loved that. But um, that's pretty crazy that you never got used to what could happen. Exactly, but it, they just they did such a good job with the scripting stuff uh, with it with different things happening. And there were a few times whenever it came out at a scripted area, and of course that didn't scare me. But especially because I should have played more with my turtle beaches, but I didn't. Especially if somebody was watching me or whatever. But. There were a couple times when I, I heard him pop down. I know he's coming after me. He's moving really fast. And I thought, okay, it sounds like he's to my left. But in reality, he was to my right. And he would uh, either, you know, impale me from behind or whatever. Or I might just sort of look to the right and he's just right there. And it's just like, I don't, that's the kind of stuff that really scares me in movies and video games. And they just did such an impressive job. I, I want to go and say that that game scared me more times than any other game I've played. So, wow. Yeah, that's a really nice trophy, a uh, really lofty position to hold with me. And regarding spoilers, Nick, do you want me to tell you what happens or not? I mean, at this point, totally don't care about the story or anything. The only reason I'd play that game is to get in a, a little bit of a taste of it. Okay, I see. So, well, in that case, I'll, I'll lay a spoiler alert. And seriously, for listeners, you could probably skip ahead 60 seconds, maybe even 30 seconds. So I'll just say it real yeah. quick. You take care of Sevastopol, which is the space station. You send it plummeting down into a planet to explode because there are dozens and dozens of xenomorphs on it at this point. There's a huge nest and everything. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And then you get onto the ship that is that came to rescue you. And you think everything's fine. You're walking around the ship. A xenomorph pops out. You're like, oh, my God. Yes. It backs you into a corner. And Ripley's like, well, this is it. And she blasts herself out of the airlock. Oh. And it's over. It literally ends right there. And but Oh, my God. Yeah, but you see light shine over her face in her space suit. And, you know, implying that maybe she's going to get picked up. And then it ends. Wow. So. Very similar to the first movie. Yes, exactly. But anyway, spoiler end there. So that is what happens, and I loved that. It, it obviously leaves it open-ended. There, I noticed, looking online, there is a ton of DLC for that game, a lot of extra episodes, and I care a lot about them, and I plan on experiencing them, but I'm not going to play or pay for them. I'm probably just going to go ahead and watch walkthroughs and stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know the one. you know the one is about the Nostromo? Yes, the, and believe it or not, I yeah. have that code. Which oh. I, I feel terrible not using it and playing it, but like it served its purpose, and I feel like okay, I'm I'm done. I've closed yeah, this there's chapter. Yeah, no point in playing it. Yeah, why not just go ahead and watch it on YouTube or, or something like that? Yeah, but, but I mean, we'll see. So there's that. 
and there was one other, there was one other thing that was amazing that happened toward the end of that and this there's still no spoilers because I mean this was bound to happen plus it starts happening maybe two-thirds of the way through the game or something but whenever there the infestation gets worse and you realize that Sevastopol is like infested because of how many there are this only happened at one point in the game it might have been the second to last chapter but there was one last part where I'm trying to evacuate and get out of where I am and I got killed once or twice and I didn't un I didn't even understand why because I thought I knew what I was doing and I thought I saw where the xenomorph was Mm -hmm. And how about whenever I took the approach more cautiously and got out into the main area where it was, there were two of them Oh, in the same place. Like, as I mentioned before, there were plenty of other ones, but you only ever faced one at a time. There were two stalking me, and it was just a really cool moment, and I was I was like, okay, this is horrifying. <laughs> so, but... Yeah, and you were... You were conditioned up to that point to just expect one yeah i'm only paying attention attention to what one is doing and that's why i wasn't i kept on being like wait well how is this how did this thing like teleport behind me so yeah that's pretty cool yeah it was awesome but then i used a noisemaker and it was perfect because they they did a really good job all almost all the weapons in that game are useful and uh like the, like the noisemaker's awesome i even started using flares a little bit toward the end the molotovs are huge because even though they do a decent job of giving you flamethrower fuel, throwing it, you burn through it so quickly, no pun intended. So sometimes it's nice just, just to have a Molotov, one and done, throw it, and it'll make it retreat into the ceiling or whatever. But overall, I just had a really good experience with it. This is a this word is overused in, in every aspect of life, but it was a unique experience for me. It was not like other games that I've played. It was fresh for me. It somehow kept my experience over a very long amount of hours. So, I don't know. Anybody who loves the Alien franchise and likes scary stuff, I would consider it a must-play. Like, I actually, I dare I say, I think that game, ranking-wise, is slightly underrated. I think it's a really great video game. Yeah, and the people, like, the, the reviews that really, really liked it when it came out, felt the same way. Okay. Well, that's like, cool. Like, it wasn't expected to be good at all. Yeah, of course what it not. Is, <laughs> what it is is much better than you think, and more people should play it. But yep. for me, the forever has been the time investment. Because yeah. And you warned me way back when for that. Yeah, for what it is, I don't see myself making it through it. I you know, I don't like, I don't either Nick like the whole first part of the game other than what's happening the like the pretty cool way the story unfolds it's not it's hard to say that gameplay wise it's it's worth the time so, yeah like moment to moment I feel like you're doing a lot of the same thing yes one mistake that I made and I want to drive this home so hard to anybody who plans to play it your motion tracker is very useful, obviously, but not just for tracking androids and the xenomorph. Use it to find out where to go. There were so many times when I was like, what do I do next? And then I had to look up a walkthrough, and that was so irritating to me. Oh, wow. All you have to do is bring up the motion tracker, and there's a blip that follows the circumference of the 
I was about to say circumference of the square. Wow, Alex. The <laughs> perimeter of the, the rectangle that is the motion tracker, there's a blip that will, depending on which way you're facing, it tells you where to walk. It might not say exactly what to do, but that's what your objective on the map is for. It will point you in the right direction, so just follow that blip. So if you're playing that game and you keep on thinking, what do I do? Pull out your motion tracker and follow that blip. Pull out your motion tracker and follow the blip. I just can't <laughs> say it enough. Because I, I was doing it up to the last level. I was like, where do I go? I was like, Alex, pull it out. You're an idiot. It tells you where to go. So that's my my alien spiel. And it's back to, and you know, I, it's not like I need to talk about it even while I'm playing it. But it's back to Witcher 2 for me. And then I, I want to say that Guns of the Patriots will be next for me to to fully cool. experience by myself. Have have you been playing Elder Scrolls a lot? Oh. Thank you for bringing that up. I had the first I would say big session <clears throat> with it yesterday. By the way, when you get on, you immediately get onto the servers. So there's no waiting anymore. So it's amazing. Oh, so so there has been like some patches and stuff. Yeah, they've definitely I haven't run into any issues. Uh the only thing that happened yesterday which was interesting the game froze. The music was still playing. My guide was still working, but the game just wasn't moving. It was frozen, you know, on one screen. And I was like, this yeah. sucks. I killed the app, started it up again, and I was impressed. I, I began in the middle of a hill that I was walking up right where it froze. So the saving mechanisms are great. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. really cool. I like that totally. I wasn't mad at that at all. And I give, I will give this game so much leeway for a long time because I... I still don't understand how they make these games. I mean, this thing is just so gigantic. It's a miracle it works as well as it does. So you'll never hear me complaining about this game. But yesterday was the first big session I've had because Zitchy has been playing it religiously. I think he's like level 20 already. And he, he just the loves cap it. Is? I'm sorry? Do you have any idea what the cap is? I don't, actually. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll look into that for next episode. But anyways... He's been playing it religiously. He loves it. He always wants to play. And I finally had a window of like two and a half hours of uninterrupted time of nothing to do. So I was like, dude, let's have a nice big session. And I went from liking and enjoying the game and being like, this is what I was hoping it to be socially. I fell in love with it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. I got the map in the quest system sometimes makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> but I finally figured out just how to treat it and work with it and everything and it makes more sense to me now plus i'm using the wiki in tandem with it so that helps as always but i just love it now and i'm, I'm starting to level up a little faster and just get better at it because there's a little bit of a learning curve with it and i'm learning about what more of the skills do and everything and i'm just i'm a huge huge fan of it well, that's sure. good yeah it is good because i mean i was looking forward to that game for so long and you know, I liked it, but it didn't blow me. I, I still can't say it blows me away because it doesn't. But it's it's really good if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, and especially for somebody who doesn't play PC or MMOs on a PC like me. It's a great place to get your feet wet, I think, in that yeah, area. Yeah, I think so, too, because the little bit of it I played, having no MMO experience, I'm pretty sure it's very similar to other ones. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's probably like the exact same thing. Yeah. And again, I I think would you do you think you'd be getting as much enjoyment out of it if you weren't playing it with Brozich? 
Um, it's hard to say. That that's a good question. But here's the thing: we only we're only doing things together in tandem, like half the time, if that. You know, you're and basically just chatting that, while playing. It's it's what I've always wanted. I mean, yeah. we we used to do that. A couple of my friends and I would just play Oblivion or Skyrim and then chat. And it there's some strange level of comfort that I get. I, I like I just love doing that. And it's it's weird. Even though we might not be doing things together, yeah. There's a strange enjoyment that you get out of he's in this world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so that's um to answer your question. Yes, maybe I would enjoy it as much. I I don't know. It's because we don't do a ton of things together in the game, but I don't know. That that's kind of a good question. I I let me put it this way: I have yet to get on without anybody else playing. He plays it by right. himself all the time, and right. he loves it. But I still treat it as a since I know it's an online MMO. I still treat it as a social thing, and I get on to play whenever somebody else is playing. Yeah, and and I'm still curious about the the PVP stuff. If you're ever, I just going unlocked it. I just unlocked it last night because you have to get to level ten first. Apparently, it's the mm-hmm. entire province of Cyrodiil. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. So, and he told me it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's like a completely separate thing, and they have like a different monetary system and everything. He said it looks cool. Uh, the the full scale. Like he says, there's like these assaults on castles and stuff that he said looks really cool with just waves of people rushing at it. And he said it works perfectly. It's not laggy and crappy. And he doesn't have the best internet either. So that's a really good sign. And I'm definitely looking forward to, I'm sure next, in next week's episode, I'll have more to talk about with the PVP aspect of that. Because I'll definitely be starting on that. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't, couldn't get into it. I don't, I, and I didn't have enough time with it, I guess, but it, it wasn't enough to convince me to buy it. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. It's, it's again, it's not mind-blowing, but just between the social aspect, the Elder Scrolls subject matter, and it being my first experience with an MMO, it's treating me very well. And there just yeah. might have been some element that was missing there with you, or I don't know, maybe it just didn't straight up feel as good on the on you know, the earlier PC version, and maybe maybe oh, well, it's made some progress so far. The the one I played recently was only, like, what, a, couple, a month or two ago? So that would be basically the version you're playing. Okay, I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, um, but I'm wondering also, because the gameplay... Are you playing in first person? No, still? I, play, okay. I play 1% in first person. <laughs> exactly, so that was, like, one of the first things was... Normally in in Elder Scrolls or Fallout, you do not play them in third person. No, of course because not. They're barely playable like that. Yeah. This one felt better in third person. Way better. It feels good. It yeah. feels ridiculous in first person. You you totally need to be looking at your surround like your immediate surroundings yeah, in that one. Definitely. Yeah, and just from a combat standpoint, it's way better. Yeah. And I think it reminded me just too much of Dragon Age Inquisition because I complained about how that gameplay got shitty. Yeah. Because after a certain point, you are doing the same thing 
over mm-hmm. and over for like 60 hours. Well, that that's a, a little scary. Then again, that's the story of WoW. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that especially with it being my first one that there's going to be more to keep my interest. Like I just I got involved in a whole new world of things yesterday because I was looking into I had a bunch of enchanted items in my inventory and I figured there's got to be something better to do with them than sell because in Skyrim for example if you had an enchanted item and you took it to an enchanting table you broke it down but you learned the ability for future enchantments you know Mm -hmm. so I figured there's got to be a way to do that and I looked into it and like if you deconstruct stuff I was hoping that was how you did it as it turns out you just get materials from what it's made of, and then there's like a chance that you can get rare materials re- uh, uh, relative to what it is and what it's made out of and all that. Yeah. So I did that a few times, and I was like, crap. And then I went down to, instead of deconstruct, this is at like a clothing or blacksmith area or whatever. I went down to research, and that's how you learn stuff. And it's really neat the way it works. You you t- find applicable items and then you research it for, and it takes six hours. And then it does destroy, I don't know if that's in-game, or my guess it's just like that the internal clock. I bet you, whether I was playing for six hours or not, six hours from that time in real time, you know, yeah. is, it, that's probably how long it takes. But that's that's how you do things, is you re- research them, and then I guess you'll probably have access to those traits later on. But it mm-hmm. makes sense to me. And then... Of, and, th- and then the, you only have one slot. I had one slot for items. I'm sorry, weapons and one slot for apparel or armor or whatever. And then I immediately was like, okay, how can I get more slots to research more things and be more efficient at a time? And I, I like that feeling. It's given me, because the game just is so big right now. I have these skill points and I don't know what to spend them on. Mm-hmm. So that that was a uh, that was a cool thing to sort of give me a little bit more focus. I wonder I if those do. are things you can pay real money for. I have no idea. That's a good I question. Would, yeah, I would almost bet money. <laughs> you, you can probably pay for just about anything because that's how yeah. these games work. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a real big fan of it. I uh, I did start another game. Um, and this is actually kind of interesting. This is a different experience for me. Nice. Um, when I went home last weekend. To visit family and friends, and I obviously didn't have anything to play with me other than I took. I always take my 3ds just mm-hmm. in case. Just in case, gotta have video I games usually, on hand. I usually don't play it. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I go home, because I just don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But I took a laptop home this time, and it's uh, it, I took Ashley's laptop. It's it's not a gaming laptop in any way. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is up to snuff in terms of, like, 2D games. You could download Hotline Miami and play it. Like, I, yeah, I could play I could play something like that, or I could play Spelunky on it, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I was like, I'll take that home, just in case I have time. This was during the Steam summer sale, too, so I, like, wanted to have instant access to my account, just in case I needed to buy things, which I did. And one game I ended up buying was Broken Age. It's a, uh, it's another double fine game, which Massive they made Chalice Massive Chalice, which I talked about. Yeah, Psychonauts, Brutal yep. Legend. Yep, yep. Um, so I bought that, and that game has kind of a story behind it. Uh, 
Double Fine was one of the, one of, or if not the first major successful Kickstarter for a video game for this game. Hmm. Um, Double Fine used to be known for point-and-click adventure games back, like, way back in the day. And I had never played any of them. I, I had played a one or two what you would consider point-and-click adventure games as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I was too young, and I could never figure out puzzles and whatever, so I missed their whole adventure Era game of that. thing. Yeah. So, they started this Kickstarter, because Double Fine has always had trouble being commercial successes. Like, Psychonauts, critical success, no one bought it. Commercial, not it, so much. Yeah. Brutal Legend, really weird game, definitely not a critical critical success, but... It was really unique and kind of ambitious. Also did not sell. Both of those games, not adventure games, not what Double Fine was mostly known for. So they do this Kickstarter to make an adventure game. They're like, we want to go back, make, we want to go back to our roots, make this game for the fans that we've had for years. And we want to make a traditional point and click adventure game. The Kickstarter was a major success. Like, they were only asking for, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars, and they ended up making, like, three million <laughs> or Ooh, something. Wow. So, so they, they ended up totally going, like, shooting for the stars with this game. They were like, we have all this money, we are going to make this really ambitious, because originally with their first plan and the couple hundred thousand dollars, they were just looking for a small game. So, all the while... This this Kickstarter thing is going on. They're they're beginning to develop this game. They filmed the development process and made a documentary about it. Um, you can find this all on YouTube. It's it's like forty episodes or something crazy. Wow! Holy crap! Be, it's like picking be, up a new TV show. Yeah. Well, and and they're like half hour plus long episodes. <laughs> So so they would release these to the Kickstarter backers as they were produced. So they're not only like the backers are not only getting updates during the game, but they're also like like actually viewing the yeah. process of making this game. And it's it's super interesting. So like I started watching that be prior to buying this game just cuz I was interested. Like I I had heard about it I had heard from, you know, journalists and whatever that it was really interesting and very well done. And it totally is. It's it's filmed really well. It's really cool. Um, it's by Two Player Productions, which have done a lot of video game documentaries. They did Indie Game the Movie, which is really good. Um, they did a thing about Minecraft, which was very interesting. So they're they're good. So it's not only just interesting in terms of making a game content. Mm-hmm. It's it's just produced well. So, I started watching that, heard it was great, totally fell in love with it. It is definitely like a TV show that you could binge watch, because they really get into, like, the nitty-gritty of game development, and it's fascinating. And they the episode I just watched was about the other story of this whole Broken Age game, is that they had to release this game in two pieces, because they used all of the Kickstarter money before it was done. <laughs> oh, Wow. So, so it kind of looked like they were not taking it serious from just a financial standpoint. Like, you guys raised 
millions and millions of dollars over what you were expecting. You started making this game, and then you got to a point where you ran out of money and the game was not complete. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that is a little crazy. Yeah, so all the while, you know, this is all being filmed. And, you know, they're not, they're not just, uh, what's the idiom I'm looking for? Like, they're not, they're not making it sound, maybe not an idiom, they're not making it sound better than it is. Like, they're, they're being filmed having this discussion with, like, their producer and their marketing person and financial people, and they're like, we need to break this game in half, otherwise we are never going to finish this, or we're going to lose money on it, or blah, blah, blah. It was really cool to see like these kinds of discussions yeah the ones that we're always conjuring up in our head yeah the things that we talk about all the time like how do these decisions get made and and you can see it you can watch it happen so they break this game up into two parts people are pissed but whatever they break it up into two parts they make money back from the sales and they then continue to develop the second part of the game which only recently came out i think it came out this year and this Kickstarter started, like, three years ago or mm-hmm. something. So it was a really long process. So all of this all of this leading up to what I was going to talk about is it led me to want to play the game. Which is kind of crazy, because I don't play adventure games, and I never really did. But seeing, seeing this process and how, how, like, how this whole company works... And how creative these people are was, like, really inspiring. Yeah. And I was like, I want to see what this game is. Like, maybe I'll hate it, but I still want to see what it is. You know, I want to give it a shot. And I love, I've loved Double Fine games. Like, Tim Schafer is primarily the one creative director in their games that I've played. There was another guy in the company that had his own lead games, but I didn't play any of those. I've mostly played Tim Schafer ones. And just hearing him talk about how he comes up with this stuff is so cool. And he is amazing. He's an amazing person. So I just wanted to see what he wrote, what he came up with again. Right. Because the last game I would have played was Brutal Legend. Um, and it's just cool. Broken Age is, it's, it's a adventure game. You don't really do much other than you look at static screens and you have to solve puzzles. You have to find items, figure out where to use the items. And that's the whole game. <laughs> Titanic but, adventure out of time. <laughs> exactly. It's it's basically one of those. Like yep. Titanic was different because you're in the first person perspective. Yeah. But it it is essentially that kind of game. Okay. And it's I'm in, I'm totally enjoying it. Like it it has a really great art style. It the story I played it. I got to the end of the Act One last night. Um, and. If I had been playing this game when it came out, I would have been pissed because it totally ends on a cliffhanger and for, on a for that really... first part of the game. Yeah, okay. yes, and and I bought when I bought it, it was both parts. You you can't really buy them in pieces now, since since they're both released. If you go to buy the game, you get the whole game. Yeah, which is which is great. Um, so that was another reason I was like, oh, I might as well play it because you know both parts are out now, and I wouldn't have to. Worry deal about. with waiting. Yeah. So I got to that cliffhanger last night and was just like, holy shit, if I had been playing this, I would have been furious because it's a really good cliffhanger. 
because it made me want to just keep playing. Yeah, and a really good game, but still, you gotta wait. Yeah, and and it's also just super interesting. Like, the story gets really interesting. So, there's not much else I can say about it, because, again, the gameplay is very simple. But if you've never played an adventure game, I think this game is actually available on, like, iOS, on iPads and stuff, which is cool. So, it's it's worth checking out. I got it on sale, I think, for, like, ten bucks. So, I've got that. I've got that value out of it already, and I still have, like, the other half to go. You but me it extremely might... interested. I mean, it's Broken Age, yeah, t- I'm just now checking, and it's, uh, uh, I almost said $100. It's $10 on iOS. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool, and the art is excellent. It looks um, neat. I like it. it one of the, uh, one like, the beginning episodes of the uh, documentary on YouTube were, were about how their creative art, like, their creative team slash artists have been working with Double Fine forever, so that's really cool that this company has been together, the same people, for forever. No, they never felt the need to leave, so that's that's really interesting that they feel like this is something they always want to be a part of, and just watching them come up with like the style of this game and then like drawing it and painting it and whatever is really cool, and it makes me appreciate it more because it looks gorgeous. So, yeah, this 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 is very interesting. It has an editor's choice thing too. Yeah, I didn't read much about the second act other than I th- I thought people were kind of like let down by how it wraps up, but I want to say that has to be in part due to it being broken up into two pieces. So mm-hmm. like when the first part came out, games critics would have played it immediately, so because they have to. And then they have this time in between where they're not really worried about it or thinking about it. And then on it ends on that big cliffhanger. Then you come back to part two and you're like, I don't really totally remember what happened, but I'm going to keep playing. And, you know, I, I could see how that could be bad. But going directly from act one to act two, I think it's great. And I think the story is great. And I'm loving it. So well, that is I recommend awesome. it. As of now. Yeah, if if I ever ended up playing that, I would definitely do it on iOS only because it would be nice to have a game to play on my phone that's not just mindless app fun. It would be cool to be, as I refer to it, sort of making progress with my gaming, you know, on something. Yeah, That'd be yeah, awesome. and, and you could take it anywhere. Yeah. That was, that again, that was another part of me pl- starting it at home because I had the laptop. Right. It's a laptop with a touchscreen, so, like, I didn't have to mess with, like, the touchpad shitty mouse. I could just tap around on the touch, on the screen of the laptop and play this game, and it was, it was just, like, perfect for this, for this game. And me playing it that way with touch, I can definitively say you'd be fine playing it on an iPad. Yeah. Because it works really well. So, it's, it's cool. Recommend it. If you've never played an adventure game, it's it's very easy to jump into. I mean, the puzzles have given me a little bit of a tr- of trouble, but it's also fun to get this kind of different puzzle solving experience. Like, I'm not looking anything up for once. Yeah. Like usually, let's let's take Witcher. If I got stumped in The Witcher on a quest, I would not spend any time trying to figure no, it out. No, that's I would just not look the kind up. of game where that's fun. That's crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
this game, you want to try and figure it out. You want to piece piece it all together. You don't you don't right. want to just look it up and ruin it for yourself. Yeah, same with Alien. I like I said, yeah. there were so many times. If if I spent more than a couple minutes, I was like, all right, I'm so looking this up. Yeah, and there there is that de- there's definitely been points in Broken Age where I'm stumped. Yeah, and I I had to walk away. Like I'd I'd save Come and back close it and, and not play it, and then I came back and I'd figure it out immediately. Well, that was like the game that I took that same oath with that I talked. About, I think I talked about it on the podcast a long time ago. Was Braid. Yeah, I yeah would, exactly. I yep. would not allow myself to look those up because they were. I have never experienced puzzle completion and slash solving satisfaction in any other game as much as I have in Braid. Yeah, I mean, when you figure out what you have to do, it's just the best feeling in the world. Even though sometimes it was the simplest thing ever, and you were thinking too complicated. <laughs> yeah, well, funny, that but. game was. That game was difficult. Yeah, at it times. was. And there were really some hard ass puzzles in that, and it definitely made you think. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, great experience. Highly recommend the Double Fine documentary, just in as something to watch. Mm-hmm. Like if you have even the slightest shred of interest in how games come together, and you know we've always we always just sit here. Do doing our armchair speculation, like, ooh, why doesn't this happen? <laughs> armchair speculation it, like that. It really, really makes you think twice about getting pissed about a game. Yeah, no, I understand that. And and there are certain games I don't even need to watch a documentary on, like, for example, Elder Scrolls Online. Like, if there's problems, I just sort of accept it because, wow. Yeah. I, man, I'm telling you, I was just... I was so enthralled with it yesterday. I'm thinking, how the hell do people do this? I mean, how do you insert one person into this game, let alone account for all of the other people? I don't get it. <laughs> oh my god, it's just so so crazy and really cool. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating. That's the only word that I can use forever yep. to explain this stuff. And uh, they also they also have a documentary about Massive Chalice that I want to watch. Nice. Since I just played that. Yep. Since you just played it, was thwarted, and then was yeah. like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I was thwarted, you're right. But you're not I, bitter I, over it. You enjoyed the no, game, I'm you're not. glad you played it. Yeah. So, check that, check that out. Very nice. Strong endorsement from Nick. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I... I don't really have anything else other than that. I'm obviously still playing Witcher. Yeah, like, you said checked, checked for, um, I mean, no groundbreaking news or anything, you said. Um, I guess, you know what? Kind of big news because it's a more recent game that, looking forward, Josh will certainly be discussing is Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, yes. Is 100% fucked on PC. Really? Yeah. Uh, so much that they delisted it from Steam. You cannot buy it right now. Oh my god, that's okay. That that is a that is that's a failure. <laughs> that is yeah. a horrible colossal failure. Yeah. Wow. So consoles it sounds like it's totally fine. Interesting. And it's it's interesting because this generation is is a really weird 
in between consoles and PC talk. Mm -hmm. Like, PCs at this point already are more powerful than the PS4 and Xbox. Yep. Like, they've only been out two years, but if, if you have money to spend, you can get, for the most part, the best experience on a PC. Yeah. However, it's really interesting when a game like Batman, a very high-profile game, doesn't work on PC. The priority was consoles. Mm -hmm. And not only was it the priority, it seems to be... It seems to have been developed specifically for consoles and then ported to PCs. Normally, it's the other way around. Right. J just all, just pretty much always, because dev kits for consoles you are using on a computer no matter what. So, like, you, you do it there first and then port or whatever. Yeah. So, this is a great example of where it's it's better to be playing this on a console. And... Also interesting that Steam just started offering their refund policy. With with digital games, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'll say. And perfect timing for Batman because it doesn't work. And obviously, it, uh, it was published by WB Games, who also had launch issues with Mortal Kombat X. That also didn't work on PC. <laughs> um, so WB made a statement and was like, Hey, we're we're taking this off. You can't buy it. If you happen to buy it, ask Steam for a refund. <laughs> wow. Like that's how serious they are about not it not working. They even told consumers to just seek refunds. Yeah. So And what an additional nightmare and annoyance for Steam. Yeah, and what and again, what timing for them to have just started offering this. Yeah. Like like not even a month ago. And it'll it'll be it'll be fun to see how that turns out. Like if people actually are getting refunds, how quick it happens, you know. Yeah. But um, that and only other thing that is kind of crazy, and I think we might have talked about it. I don't know. GameStop is selling retro games now. Yes, we touched okay. upon it, but no uh, other big developments. Is there something new? Just that you can buy them. They are now available on their website interesting um, nes genesis snes i64 i have to see this this is too strange cast um i very briefly last night looked up prices because i just wanted to know if gamestop was trying to undercut ebay or if they were trying to make more than ebay and it seems like they're asking for more than common prices on ebay and from what I remember, because I, I looked up a couple games that I have sold, um, the prices seem to be kind of in line with what I made, but I also can't totally remember. So it'll be interesting to see if GameStop drives up the value of these games. Yeah, this is, now, this is now, so weird. Yeah, now people on eBay want to compete, and it is weird. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja weird. Turtles, Turtles in Time, $50. Yep. That is so weird. Yep. I mean, like, for God's sake, Link to the Past is 40, and they 50 is Turtles. That's just too strange. Yeah. And uh, also interesting, none of the consoles are available. You can't buy them yet. They have them listed, but I checked, I checked for an NES, a Genesis, an SNES, and a Dreamcast? Mm-hmm. None of them were available online. Wow. So, 
it's we it's weird that they even have them listed and who knows how they're going to like fill those inventories yeah but i don't unless people bought them unless people jumped on it immediately and bought them i don't know this this is pretty wild i'm i'm so on the fence about this but i i want to say i like the idea of having a centralized place to like for example if there's just like sort of a stupid game actually i'm looking at a perfect example spider-man x-men arcades revenge which by the way i've been listening to that soundtrack for the past like three weeks at work because i'm insane <laughs> but anyways it's 13 dollars. you can get that cheaper on ebay for sure but okay that particular game i've gotten i'm not even kidding three or four copies on ebay and it either didn't work or it looked like shit you know it it is so common to get a a not expensive SNES game on eBay that looks like hell and the label's torn to crap like it's or it's yellowed and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I want to know how GameStop addresses that. I wonder if they clean. Obviously, I'm sure they test, but I wonder if they clean and try and actually make them look decent. I That's interesting. I also was thinking that because I was like, you know, it would be really nice if out of nowhere GameStop decided to take something like retro games very seriously yeah if they actually started of, taking games seriously as a game retailer of, yeah it, it would be nice if they took it seriously in terms of collectors yes exactly you know, like that that was the first thought that came to my head i was like so if i wanted to buy a game right now how do i know that it's a perfect label and it's not yellowed from being in a smoker's house yeah exactly or and, sitting in a pawn shop window for six years. Yeah, getting get, yeah, getting uh, getting washed out from the sun yeah. or whatever. But there's nothing that says that on the descriptions. There's no way to know. Yeah, th that is, I'm, and I'll reserve judgment for whenever we find that out. I'm, I'm probably going to just go on the record and say they're not going to give one shit about that. I totally agree with you. I would hope and, for something else, but GameStop has no. Yeah history to give me a reason to believe anything else you know what actually also does it i wonder does it say anything about um about uh the condition is not guaranteed or something and there's probably something in the disclaimer that's probably uh crucial to their entire pre-owned program <laughs> yeah because so. because that would i'm just reading real quick i just skimming well, the good news Does, is you can get Ken Griffey Jr. baseball for nine ninety nine. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say anything ever. like that anywhere. Hmm. Doesn't say no get no condition guaranteed or anything. Yeah, I'm just I'm interested. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. I'm interested. Okay, yeah, it just has their pre-owned guarantee. It's it was guaranteed to work. Yeah. Product may not include original box or manual. Item pictured may not be exact item received. Yeah. <laughs> it's also funny because sometimes the word guarantee in itself can be sort of misleading. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. When they might not test anything for all we know. All what a guarantee means is we guarantee that it will or else. If it yep. doesn't work, we'll give you your money back or another game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I would love a retailer to be like, we guarantee, literally, we guarantee this will work. You yep. know, because we've tested it. So I don't know. 
This is America where everything involves litigation, and yeah. that can never happen. <laughs> yes, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's it. That's all I got. Uh, that's all I have as well, I believe. So. All right. Yep. Hopefully back to some sense of normalcy. E3 has passed. Josh will be settled up cozy in Denver, Colorado. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. And... I think we should get back to a normal schedule. And like I mentioned, we will have a guest either next week or the week after. Probably next week, though. At some point. Hopefully yes. next week. At, <laughs> at some point. We'll go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks.